Pickaxe. Hello and welcome back to the Review of Death, your fortnightly home for Doctor Who news and reviews. Although we're weekly now because it is new Doctor Who time. So I'm Matthew Toffolo. I'm joined as ever by Billy Garrett-John. How are you doing, Billy? I am very, very well, thank you. And I am very, very glad to see our faces on YouTube live now. Third time is the charm, Matt. And hey. we've managed to get this going. Hey, It's just because some dopey sod, a.k.a. me, had it set as private. So, you uh, sausage. Yeah, we were just broadcasting to ourselves. Um, how are you doing? You all right? Yes, mate. I'm really, really well, thank you. Good, uh, good. I've had a, a, a funny day of... Very much filled with Doctor Who, and last yeah. night was was also sort of Doctor Who rific because I think we've spoken about it before. But the lead in time between becoming really really excited suddenly about Doctor Who coming back, yeah, uh, and it actually coming out, that seems to be getting shorter and shorter. Yeah, so I'm now I'm now looking at a sort of six hour window where I can suddenly get excited about Doctor Who before it goes on air. Excellent, um, but. I got there in the end and I got that warm, fuzzy, tingly, nervous, excited feeling. And um, I watched Doctor Who for breakfast. Fantastic. I was just about um, to say, what was your viewing experience like? Well, I watched it on Disney Plus because I thought, hey, VPN, what's that? That's like highly illegal and only weirdos use those. Yeah. Um, so I decided I'll watch it the legitimate way. Uh, in in New Zealand, and I watched it on iPlayer. Now, I will say for anyone who is a scumbag who likes to skip ahead to the end of stuff uh, yeah. before it's gone out and spoil it for everybody, I noticed that the Disney Plus version went live just as the continuity announcer was uh, wrapping up whatever was on previously on BBC One before wow. the Starbucks actually aired. So. It- so I'm I'm thinking there's probably about a minute and a half to two minutes where it it comes on Disney Plus first. Oh, so they get it fraction of a second or two more. Than, oh dear. The, yeah, this. I think so. Uh, and also from an international standpoint, I can say the subtitles are basically identical. Right. Um, I think they describe the TARDIS as wheezing. Yeah, good. Well, uh, that's, that's or it. washing or something. Okay. Uh, it started with the stock Disney Plus uh, originals. Jank intro right so no tardis stuff and no hooniverse oh well i guess nothing the, like that i guess hooniverse doesn't exist on disney plus does it at the moment mm. anyway at the moment until the war between the land and the sea comes oh out, yeah <laughs> see he's over my head mr sea devil uh, you know uh, he's he never told me again it was the same with legend uh, of the sea devils he never tells me when he's getting new work Narcissus likes to keep it stum you yeah. know like the, the, how many ndas they've had to sign over the well, last yeah that's it 40 years i, I can he, understand i think it. he just feels a bit embarrassed after the last time he got work and it was a bit of a Bit of a cock up. He's probably thinking, "Or well, I don't want to. You know, I don't want to get anyone's help, hopes up." <laughs> I was thinking about that. So this is the last that the last full blooded episode of Doctor Who, new to TV that we reviewed was the Power of the Doctor. Yeah, which was last October, was it? Wow. Yes, it was. Yeah, it's so, been over a year wow. since we have reviewed a fully fledged new episode of Doctor Who, and it's been well over. I want to say two years since we heard that the Russell thing was happening. 
Yeah. And that, you know, DT and Catherine were coming back. I think I was in New Zealand when that news broke. So that was last March. Maybe? Yeah. So th- oh, yeah. Where were you? I mean, I remember where I was. I was sat at my desk at work and I saw it yeah. pop up. And I remember texting you ferociously. Um, I have a texting. Well, WhatsApp. Oh, okay. I thought you were saying you did something else ferociously. So- I, I think um, <laughs> I think that one is 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 Ellie not on that episode with about David and Catherine, or is yes. my mind playing uh, tricks? On yes, that? Ellie is on the episode where we talk about them being announced. Um, people in the chat are saying that you're a little bit quiet, Billy. Don't know if you can. Can I? If I if oh, I oh yeah, that's louder. Move close. Oh, did I? <laughs> have I blown your eardrums out? No, that's better. If I think that's, that's- Better. Is that better for people? people? Tell me if that's all right or not. Uh, this is all newfangled and exciting. Well, yeah, this is it. You know, we're 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 luddites when it comes to to stuff like this. Um, Even though you work for a company that exclusively streams most of their content, yeah, I don't do that stuff. I just do the bloody <laughs> editing end. I don't know this. Here we go. We've got people in the chat now. I've got that. Yes. So here we go. Lovely to see people in the chat. Um, yeah, Billy, can you turn up your mic a fraction? Hopefully that's done it. Let us know. Yeah, that's fine, okay, guys. Cool. Oh, thank you, Doctor nice in the one. TARDIS. Thank you, the Doctor in the TARDIS. Um, so bloody early, lads, says Keith. Yeah, don't blame it's me. It's bloody late, bro. It's, it's his fault. He buggered off to New Zealand. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, I'm getting uh, Doctor Who Worlds of Wonder, and you're not. Well, so. I'm seeing Nicola Bryant in a few hours, so... Uh, and getting fish and chips. I, I, I think I've still won. Yeah, yeah, you probably honest. have really. Um, uh, <laughs> I'm going down to Western Supermare. Is hardly the paradise screw. of uh, the UK, is it? Um, the paradise of death. It is the paradise of death. Uh, right then, shall we? Shall we get down to it? Let's get down to business to Bup-ba. defeat the meep. Right? Maybe Matt <laughs> is too loud. Robert Dodd says. Oh, I don't, oh I'm, God! I'm just, I'm just a, live with it. I'm just a loud git. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Um, I, I've got... Oh, hang on. There's, uh, sorry, we, we got... Is your assistant producer coming in? Oh, God, it's not him, is it? Where, where am I? You didn't need to... There you are. There you are. Can people hear me? Uh, yeah, they can hear you. Because of the universe, please attend. Well, I feel like the master this morning, so I've got a collar. Uh, Billy, how are you? <laughs> Jonathan Tofflow, my mortal enemy, as I live and breathe. Hello, I'm, how I'm are here. you, sir? All right? I'm fine, thank you. And hello, viewers and listeners and others, etc. Uh, nice to see you all. Now, I've got to be very careful what I say because I can't be edited because it's live. And Matthew's having palpitations here. <laughs> yes, you have here. to make sure all that you are very... I'm going to say two things. One, if you <laughs> could see my kitchen this morning for this set. I mean, I've got to limbo to get in through the door, practically. It's insane. Um, so there we go. But it looks very good. Got my good hat there on the background. Do, uh, oh, yeah, I did look. Yes, look, it's there. So, oh, sorry, it's hat. back. Have yeah. a good look. Do about Doctor Who last night. That's more important. Anyway, I will say one little thing about Doctor Who last night before you yes. all get started, because, um, you know, Matt and I think we're on the same wavelength uh, mm-hmm. from last night's episode. And I will just leave you all with the inimitable words of Tom Baker, which is, I was very pleased. Oh, I was worried we were going to get a return of Whippet shit for a second there. Thank you very much, Johnny. <laughs> you thought you were going to say it was Whippet shit? <laughs> No. Uh, uh, well, I great. mean, with, with an intro like that, let's just dive into it, I guess. <laughs> I think we should. Uh, um, so do you want to work through it chronologically or should we just splat things out there? 
I mean, I, I, I didn't take any notes while we watched it because I was just yeah. too engrossed in the program. Um, and you've only watched it once. I've only watched it once, but we did go back and we rewatched select scenes that we enjoyed yeah. or bits that we weren't 100% sure on um, just to get some clarification. And then I took some notes and I sort of, as we were watching bits, I was like, oh yeah, I remember this happening. And I just jotted yeah. them down. So um, what about you? Have you only watched it once as well? No, I've watched it twice. Wow. I've watched, um, I watched it twice, once this morning when it first went out. Right. Uh, with a bowl of cereal. And then again, uh, this afternoon when we came back from running some errands and doing some stuff around the house. Okay. And I've also watched Unleashed and I've, and the behind the scenes on the on YouTube, the YouTube. Channel, which we, we just it, watched that over breakfast. I was just going to say that needs to be promoted more because yeah. I think at a, at a glance you think, oh, it's just stuff recycled from um, Unleashed, but yeah. it's all new stuff and it's really, really interesting. Yeah. So definitely worth checking out. I got to say, they have gone balls out with all the behind the scenes material. The fact yeah. that you've got the bespoke program on BBC Three, you've got, like you just said, that on YouTube, you've got the InVision commentary as well. And then of course, yeah. uh, there's another podcast. I know we shouldn't really be promoting other podcasts because- What? That, what? Yeah, I know. Uh, but they're talking about Doctor Who on the official Doctor Who YouTube channel. So if you want to hear their side of Get the story- Get right up your man, yeah. <laughs> no, I mean, actually, it's going to be brilliant because the people working on it are fantastic. So yeah. you should all go and- Listen to that. But you won't get knob and bum jokes over there, folks, is that, all I'm that saying. That is true. That is true. And you won't get Jonathan going on about my hats in the corner. That's the most important <laughs> thing. Um, yeah. And, they, and they, haven't got, they haven't got a good set like this either. They haven't got all these good bits and bobs in there. It's just. Although, can you imagine, there is definitely a pitch meeting and definitely we were brought up in it. I'm, I'm going to put it. I, absolutely. When they were talking about it, I'm sure they went, oh, well, what, what do these podcasts look like? How do they put it out? I'm sure <laughs> that we popped up on a screen and Russell has seen the set, at least. I think they probably said, how not to do a Doctor Who podcast? <laughs> Don't be like these two buggers. Um, stop talking about it anyway. We're, we're, we're yeah, talking, anyway. derailing them. Everyone's saying... Go and listen to the so, competition. Lots of, lots of people are saying, Johnny, Johnny, hello, Jonathan. That's good. Oh, someone put, the Doctor in the TARDIS put, any new screen-used costume parts? Unfortunately, no. Jonathan hasn't got any new screen-used costume parts. Um, but I mean, Sylvester McCoy did hold his umbrella. So, you know, that's, it's not screen-used, but, you know, it was touched by the man off the screen. <laughs> <laughs> Anyhow, let, oh, let's get down to it. The Star Beast. Oh. Right then. It was bloody good, wasn't it? <laughs> it was flipping marvellous. Uh, it was just... Uh, I don't really know how to describe it, to be honest, because I'm sure... Hey, oh, fuck. Do you know what? I was going to say... I was watching it, and I thought, in my head, I'm ranking it. I'm giving it a number, right. you know? Yeah, yeah. Like, I like because... I hate thinking about TV like that these days. Yeah. Because what does it mean? It's arbitrary. You know, one person's five is another person's 10 and whatever. Yeah. Um, and I was sat there and I was thinking, if this was any other time, if this wasn't the 60th anniversary, if it wasn't the return of Russell, if it wasn't the return of DT and Catherine Tate, Murray Gold, Danny Hargreaves, yeah. you know, or all, all the old crew, uh, you know, it's a solid start to a season, right? Yeah. But it's not that. It's the start of a three-part special where the whole gang is back together 
And I just, I, I was just so in love with everyone's craft yeah. and everyone's hard work. And I, you know, I loved what Jodie Whittaker and Chris Chibnall did with the show. I was a really big fan of that whole tenure. Uh, but this hits different, doesn't it? it? Well, this is it. I mean, we we all sort of said it came out of the gate with such a confidence. You know, yeah. it was, it had a swagger. It had a swagger from the off. Uh, and it was just like, yeah, it, it, it had this this weird confidence that I don't want to say that, you know, the, the previous era didn't have, but like you said, it just felt very different. Just, yeah, I don't know. It's, it, it, it's weird, but, you know, the title sequence, obviously we had the pre-title sequence, which was um, yeah, David and Catherine. Yeah, what did you Catherine. think of that? I didn't mind it because when, so for the people listening, you know, if you listen to our last episode, I actually cut out the bit where you talked about that because I thought all oh, people might get a bit uh, upset yeah. that, oh, that's a bit of a spoiler. So Billy actually told me last time that that happened from one of the reviews. And I remember thinking, oh, well, well, we'll see how that is. And I kind of assumed that it was going to be partway through the episode. They were going to be like, oh, right. So just to keep you all up to date, this is what's going on. And I was like, oh, dear, that's going to be a bit cringe. But the fact that they did it is like the pre-titles. It was quite doom laden. I think my, my main criticism, and it isn't a criticism, really, but my concern is... Was this story a bit too continuity heavy for anybody new coming in? Because it felt like there was a lot of an info dump going on. I mean, I, I know, know that I know that Shooty is obviously Shooty is obviously like the proper launch, you know, for like the new era. This is kind of like mm. our little bonus present for the anniversary and like the sort mm. of soft, soft reboot, I guess, if you want to call it that. Um but yeah, I did. I did wonder. I was like, God, some people must be completely lost. But um, I don't know. I, I think that on that, actually, um, I was speaking to Stella, my other half, about um, not that she needs an introduction to you, but you know, to anyone Who's listening and watching who doesn't know, I have a girlfriend. <laughs> unbelievably, um, she was saying she's very confused by the whole. You know, Shooty has been announced after. David was announced, but it's really going to lead to Shooty. And she finds that whole thing a bit confusing. And right. then, so she was like, so who's in these specials then? And I said, well, it's David and, but I thought Shooty Gat was the new doctor. I was like, no, no, no. So it's David first and then it leads to Shooty. But David's played the doctor before. It's the same face, but it's a different incarnation. And they're going to have to try and figure out why it's the same face. Did you have I to get think, the flow chart out, Billy? Yeah. I think in all honesty... <laughs> That is probably the most confusing part for not wheeze. Yeah. I think that the majority of the people tuning in either are like, oh, it's Doctor Who, you know, Techno Babble, I'll just sort of go with it. Right. Or they watched it during that yeah. golden era. Yeah. And they know Metacrisis, Doctor Donna, and this is just like a Cliff Notes version of that story. Just uh, and I yeah. and, and you know, the fact that the whole thing has been remastered and is now available on iPlayer means that it is not impossible. And the number of clips they've put on YouTube catching people up with the whole Dr. Donna thing on the official Doctor Who YouTube yeah. channel, um, I think that just means that people already have a basic understanding of what's going on. And watching it a second time, I wasn't quite as sort of, uh, sort of thrown out of what was going on by right. that intro. 
Okay. Um, I think it works better the second time for me, anyway. Yeah, I mean, I, 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 I thought it was fine. You know, I, I, I didn't think it was a, an issue. I thought that was a, I thought that was a clever way of doing it without having to like do a recap from old clips. Because I guess if you do something like that, maybe you run the risk of people tuning in and going. Oh, well, I've not seen this. What have I missed? Yeah, an and going like and- if you have previously on Doctor Who, and it's yeah. like, oh god, like this is, and that's the classic thing that made people tune out during the Moffat era. Is, yes. Oh, I didn't watch last week, so I don't know where we're at in the narrative with the Pandorica and blah blah blah. Yeah, and the Eye Patch Lady. So yep. yeah, it, it was it was very well. Uh, the, 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 yeah, it was it was very well pitched. Yeah, for I- uh, a, a quick intro. I saw some uh, great things on Twitter where people said that shot of David against, you know, that starry backdrop at the beginning looked like, because he was to one side, they said it looked like a character creation screen. I saw that That was so good. I don't know who it was, but well done. Um, The title sequence and the new music. What do you think about that? Uh, Oh, firstly, can I just say Murray Gold? I think this is probably one of the best scores of the whole episode is for that previously on Doctor Who segment because we we may not be able to have the UEUs, yeah. but what we do have as a motif through this episode is da-da-da-da, which yes. was like, oh, I'm, I'm that, liking this. I thought I'd noticed da-da-da-da's and I was like, no, I, I must be going mad. I'm mishearing it. Oh, but you heard it, it too. It definitely, definitely happens in the intro and it definitely happens when, I'm sure, when Donna tells... Uh, her clan to sort of like get out of the steel mill. I'm yeah. fairly certain it happens then. But anyway, um I do I agree. Titles. I thought I thought I thought Murray's score for this was I actually thought it was quite understated really compared to some of his other stuff. Um, yeah. but I, I thought it was very good. I thought it was excellent. You know, it kept the it kept the energy up. Uh, and there was mm. there was there were like nice moments where there was no underscore at all. Uh, which seemed quite unusual because, you know, I kind of remember the RTD years before just sort of being music constantly. But this felt like, I don't know, this in some ways it felt like it felt like series four had grown up. I know what you mean. And I think that actually rings true in David's performance as yes. well. Because oh, he was superb. I, I don't get this whole thing where he's saying, well, it'd be a bit weird if I came back and I was doing it differently. Eh? You know, <laughs> yeah. it's like, well, but you are actually doing it differently. Yeah, like, yeah. I can see in your performance, either you've matured as a performer yeah. and you're doing what you would do now if you got the role again fresh, yeah. but it was the same character on the on paper. But he's also not, you know, I think we got Can I, can I just say that was, a, that, was, that was an extremely good David Tennant impression. Do you want to hear my Dr. Hibbert as well? <laughs> I thought that he was really, really, really nailed on with the part. Oh, he was fantastic. I thought he was, I he. I don't know. It's like all the best parts of his 10th Doctor performances over the years in one, like all the weightiness yeah. and all the, actually, you know, actually listen to me. It wasn't shrouded in, oh, you know, Alonzi. It wasn't all of that. Yeah. It was, there was a couple of those in there just as like almost little references. Yeah. But this doctor actually seems decidedly more mature. Yeah, to me. And, I, and I think, I think, I think, weirdly, perhaps the fourteenth doctor is going to go up in my rankings compared to the tenth doctor. It's going to be weird, I, and I think that's totally normal because yeah. it's a different, it's a different 
um, incarnation. I think that we need to make that that distinction. I w- also, because I'm sure we'll talk about David a bit later on, but yeah. while we were talking about Murray, um, when the um, the Doctor's theme played, when yeah. the, the TARDIS materialised in Camden, yeah. again, it was like one of those, oh, oh my God, kind of spine tingling. And, and, and then also kind of realising, oh, but this is my era of Doctor Who. Like, yeah. I mean, for new episodes, you know, Annie was, I mean, we were sat there and like Annie sort of heard that music. And obviously that was how she first got into Doctor Who was watching Mm. David Tennant. So she had that very same reaction. She got all excited when she heard it. And it was just, it was nice being able to watch it with her because obviously this was her era, really, in a way. Uh, This is what got her into Doctor Who. Um, Speaking of the music and different cues, did you notice the cue that played when the Doctor Donna, when Donna got her Doctor memories I back? I think that might be an indication that a certain Matthew Smythe is not returning in these specials because it wasn't, it didn't, it didn't relieve itself. That's a terrible way of putting it. <laughs> it didn't sort of like peak and like bash straight into the refrain. Yeah. But the I am the doctor theme was yeah. very present during that whole sequence. I, yeah. I, I only realized that on a second viewing. Yeah. When we were watching it, I was like, that sounds like I am the doctor. And I was like, well, yeah, she is the doctor at this moment. So mm. that makes sense. I mean, you know, people at home wouldn't notice that, but for the fans who know the names of all the track listings, uh, you know, that was a, a fun little Easter egg uh, and it works. Yeah. Um, so yeah, the, the title sequence then. Seeing as we veered off into Murray Gold territory. I like the new theme, by well, the way. The new theme yeah, has grown the on theme. me. Yeah. Because I know when it played at the at the concert, I was like, oh, this sounds like, you know, a lot of bloody bin lids being smashed together and you've just like layered <laughs> lots of different themes on top of each other and it just just like a cacophony of a bit of a mess. But um no, I, I gotta say, I I'm really enjoying it with the visuals and the fact that it's the studio mix. So everything is yes. in time. And yeah, I mean, I still, I still don't like that little um, bit at the beginning, that, that new bit that they've added. Yeah. Because I am obviously. Uh, da, 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 da. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but on the whole, I, I really do like the new theme. Uh, I really like the new theme as well on the mix though. Right. I don't know if this is a Disney plus thing. But all over the end credits, you can hear people going, <laughs> yeah, this is so weird. We were watching it. And we we're like, what the fuck's that? <laughs> and, but I went back and then listened to the opening theme with headphones on and it's there, but it's really quiet in the mix. So I think they fucked the mix up for the closing titles. Yeah. Because I, saw, I, saw, I saw, heard it through the soundbar and the subwoofer and I was like, that sounds really weird what is that a reference to something and then i had my headphones on and thought this isn't foreshadowing something fucking weird and toy makery or whatever but it's it's in the opening it's just i think it's the the end credit theme has been mixed really badly oh well i I hope they sort that out for like next Mm. week or or and and, you know the inevitable um soundtrack release but yeah that that was very strange Mm. because yeah so it is it's voices is it <laughs> it's it's people's voices going <laughs> it's like yeah they used to do that on beetle albums to sort of fluff up the fluff right. up the textures of things but it's 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 not orchestral it's so it like just doing groaning. a bit of fluffing on that. 
Well, there you go. What's going on underneath that conductor podium, Murray? Yeah. We'll never know. Um, so yeah, the, I I love the theme. I, yeah. I, I've got the um da 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 piano bit. Yeah, in I like my the head. piano bit. The piano bit hit better in the in the proper mix. Definitely. Yeah. Um, um, on to the titles though, because we've yeah. been putting off talking about this. So I agree with what a lot of people have been saying on Twitter. I don't think this is the full title sequence. I okay. think this is slightly cut down version because even the theme gets slightly snipped at the end yeah and i also wonder if that plays into png gate with the logo appearing in the way it does right because i don't i think we will see the full debut of this title sequence when shooty starts because i think this is shooty's title sequence too yeah i can't imagine them doing another one um yeah Yeah, i know what you mean about that cut off Yeah, it 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 comes it comes in very quick and quite abrupt, and I was a bit like, oh, okay. Um, mm. But I think for the actual sequence itself, I loved it. I mean, we said it was kind of like yeah. the McCoy titles on acid because it was really that journey through space. You know, you're really following the TARDIS going around. You know, I mean, obviously, I know with the 2005 one onwards, you know, you see the TARDIS, you know, bumping around the the vortex, which is fantastic. But it was just this one, you know, you actually felt like the camera was attached to the TARDIS almost at points where it really closed in. <clears throat> and then you got those lovely yeah. shots of it, like farther away, going through the clouds. I was gonna, it was I really was going to cool. ask, is this the first time that we've seen a cut to like a different angle in a title sequence? It must be. I can't yeah. think of another instance because there's... So it opens, it spins, it kind of skirts around the edge of the vortex. Then you get that cut to the front of it and it's yeah. sort of spinning away. And then it, and then you get at least five or six cuts <clears> in there. Because I, I loved that that zo- crash zoom into mm. it, sort yeah. of trying to follow it going from one vortex to another, yeah. which is a really nice reference to the original 2005 yeah. title sequence, I yeah. thought, but kind of you know mega updated yeah um, and, and almost a bit I like have... the Whitaker vortex where mm. you know there's those like little pockets into yes different time zones or whatever I don't know. <laughs> exactly um but yeah I I I don't think that we're going to see another title sequence for a while I think this yeah. is it but I do think that it's going to be slightly extended I I, I have a feeling that from the point where David and Catherine's names appear yeah there's maybe a bit before that that we don't see. Yeah. Uh, Should you get with face? <laughs> well, possibly, you know. Um, but yeah, I, I I thought it was terrific. I really really liked it, and I loved the I loved the the theme tune. I thought the the two married beautifully. Yeah, um, I think that's it, isn't it? When you that, see it yeah. with the visuals, that really just elevates it. Um, mm. Yeah. So the story itself, then, what do we think? Uh, I well, actually, I, I, I cocked up. I was supposed to bring my copy of the Star Beast because I reread the Star Beast a couple of weeks ago in preparation. I was just about to ask about that because I haven't ever uh, read it. So I you, want oh, you okay. to tell me from your perspective, having read it, what you thought of it maybe as an adaptation initially. Because, I mean, that is the first thing you notice in the title sequence is yeah. adapted from a story. Yeah. I mean, as someone who's, you know, been a big comic book fan most of his life and, you know, go to see all these like Marvel and DC films and watch it and go, oh, well, they didn't do that in the comic books. Um, it was funny to sort of see it with Doctor Who because obviously Doctor Who never adapts anything, you know, it's always bespoke stories. Uh, 
so it was interesting. Now, I obviously don't, I don't know the Star Beast that well, which is why I reread it to have a refresher course. And I loved it. it it's just so good. It's a, it's a great little story. And I think as an adaptation, they did very well sticking to a lot of the core beats of the story. Mm. Um, there are a few things that are, that happen in the comic book that didn't happen in last night. So in the comic book, Tom Baker gets captured by the Roth warriors and they implant mm. a bomb in his stomach. They surgically implant a bomb in his stomach oh God. and they let him go off and they're going to like detonate it to kill the meep. Um, which obviously did not happen in last night's story. Uh, no. I, when I was reading it, I was like, I can't see them starting off with this. People are going to be like, <laughs> what the hell? It's like they've turned the doctor into like some sort of kamikaze warrior. What the God. Hell? Um, yeah. So uh, I can see why they didn't go with that. But, um, you know, all the mind control stuff, you know, that Meep controls the minds of all the unit soldiers, you know, all that stuff happens uh, in a slightly different way, but, you know, it's, yeah. that, it's that same thing. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, they did a really good job of uh, adapting it, I think, and obviously incorporating all the new stuff that needed to be put into it with uh, Donna and her family. So, yeah, worth a read. If you can, if you can reread it. I will it, definitely give check it, a it go. out. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I... If we, yeah, I, I I loved last night's story. I mean, we've already made a yeah. a, a song and dance over it. Um, in terms of the story itself, I I think it kind of did that classic Doctor Who thing. And I've seen a lot of people. We'll, we'll see what people thought of it on on Twitter in a minute. But, yeah. Um, I saw a lot of people saying, "Oh, it just resolves itself within five minutes at the end." And it's like if you're not expecting that from Doctor Who. Mm. I don't know what to tell you because that that is sort of Doctor Who storytelling 101 for the most part in the 21st century because you don't have four to six weeks to spread this story out. You know, you've got an hour and and ideally you should be able to, you know, three-part structure it um, perfectly within that. But then again, this is sort of setting the pace for the show as a whole. There it is. There it is. Did My producer you see just on, came in. <laughs> <laughs> thank you, producer. Did you see um, on uh, Doctor Who, I think it was the behind the scenes on the YouTube channel, somebody getting their copy of that signed? Yes. Yeah. Really good. I mean, that was, that was lovely. I mean, that whole bit on the on Doctor Who Unleashed where David Tennant met um, Dave Gibbons and um, Pat Mills, you know, yeah. that was so lovely because you could see that boyish fan enthusiasm that we yeah. all have when we meet someone at a convention or, you know, doing whatever, you know, that excitement of seeing somebody. It was lovely. It was like, oh, he's, yeah. he is such a fan deep down. It, it just made me think again about that talking Doctor Who that he did. I was like, oh, mm. I wish we'd have got to see more of him being able to react like this rather than just sort yeah. of give us like a plotted history through the BBC archive. It would have been so nice to sort of just it would have been nice say, to get like, a bit oh, more. I, re- off the I remember chat. this. I remember this. Yeah. I, I was what I can, you know, I was sat with mum and dad and you know, whatever, or yeah, beans on toast or, you know, all that kind exactly. of stuff um, that, you know, that we can really relate to. Um, yeah. Sorry. Where were you? Uh, In the I can't remember, but I, you know, I, I thought it was fabulous. Uh, oh yeah. You're but- talking about the ending. Yeah, I, like, I don't know. Yeah, exactly. I don't know what we're expecting. Like, it's, it's you know, it's setting the pace for the next 
two episodes. It's setting yeah. the pace for all three. If it resolves itself within the last five minutes, it's fine because I feel like that momentum just swings into part two anyway. Yeah. Um, it's a bit different if we were, I don't know. I, I can't think of many instances where I'd be too aggrieved by it these days that that yeah. sort of happened. Um, yeah. I mean, we, we kind of expected it too, you know, that the, the sort of quick, the quick resolution. Yeah. Um, I did have a couple of issues with the resolution just because there were things mm. that I wasn't 100% sure or clear on, which I don't know if we want to talk about a bit later on. Um, uh, we can get into it now. I think oh, should we get into you know, it now? If, you've got it, if you've got it on your mind, then just say yeah, it because um, we'll, we'll lose our place otherwise. But I can understand what people said because I think one of the things that I thought was a bit like, well, that seems a bit of a cop-out, was obviously the, the engine, the dagger engine or whatever it was called, you know, digs into the ground and you get this fantastic special effects sequence of, you know, the, the streets of London erupting with lava and stuff that we'd seen in the trailer and we were all like, oh, mm. I wonder what that is. Uh, but then when, when they undo it, it's like they literally undo it and the tarmac yeah. just goes <laughs> and back into place. I was like, oh, come on, at least leave the cracks in the road. Come on, get the sure. get London Council to, you know, come in and sort it out or get unit in, tarmac in the roads. <laughs> it would have been quite neat, actually, because, you know, we're going to come back to present day London later mm. in this run. If, you know, you just got a quick reference <clears> to <throat> them still just finishing up the potholes, you <clears throat> yeah. know, whatever, or, or tarmacking people's drives. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I can see why that... But then, you know, also at the same time, this is a comic book adaptation of a science fantasy TV series. So I'm yeah. sort of like, oh, whatever, you know, it's fine. Um, but the, the the thing that I found the resolution... I mean, I had to watch it twice because I was a bit like, wait, so what exactly happened? So obviously Donna gets her Doctor Metacrisis memories back uh, yeah. in order to help stop the ship from she has a techno babble seizure. I think. Yeah, I wrote down. very good. Um, and I, I got slightly confused with with how they sort of portrayed the, you know, um, the the binary non-binary stuff. That sort of felt it felt a bit clunky. Do you know what I mean? I I, I agree with you. I think, and I think the... a lot of people have said this. I mean, I think. I, I mean, I'll say I want to preface this by saying I think it's wonderful that we've got, you know, trans representation and, you know, as a lead character, as a character who's so important to the story. And, you know, I think just having that moment of the Doctor saying, oh, you know, the Metacrisis was too much for one being to handle, but you had a daughter and therefore it was spread across the two of you. I think that was yeah. a perfect enough explanation. And I was like, oh, okay. And then when they started doing, oh, binary, non-binary, and, you know, the doctor's not male or female or this or that, I was like, well, I'm starting to get a... You're losing me now because I don't really know I what any of this I think that was means. like a separate point that was being made, but to have it so close to the resolution sort yeah. of muddied it a little bit. Yeah. Um, obviously, a, a massive part of this story is identity. Yes. And, you know, Rose at the end of it, finally being freed of like the half time Lord part of, yeah. of her uh, and saying, you know, she finally feels like her was yeah. like a nice resolution and sort of like, you know, as part of that. And also, as you were talking about sort of trans representation, having Rose dead named by those lads on the bike. Yeah. I think Russell said on Unleashed, didn't, didn't he say something like, 
those boys are watching this at home tonight and thinking maybe I shouldn't do that. Yeah. And it's like that, you know, it's essential for for, for those reasons that we get this sort of stuff. This is it because I saw a few people on Twitter and I think a few trans people on Twitter were sort of saying, oh, you know, they shouldn't have done that. They shouldn't have done the dead name. But I, I agree. I think it is important because I think, you know, it's such a horrible scene that mm. it, it, you know, you you feel that empathy with Rose's character and with Donna, uh, and you yeah. know, like Russell said, you know, this is this happens. You know, Yasmin Finney said, you know, her school experience was not a good one. Um, mm. So I think it is important that you know you show the horrible side of things uh, to to get people to empathise. Um, yeah, yeah. So I, I, I like the reality was, of it, you know, exactly. like the people who are saying, oh, you know trans people acting like they have it tough and whatever it's like yeah. they don't see that happening yeah. to people on the street daily which is the lived experience of trans people that they get that exactly you know, it's like it's important that it, it's it's shown in the program yeah and, 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 and very brave of them to put it in there and i loved the fact that they had that little moment in the kitchen donna and sylvia where yes, they yeah. discussed it and you know sylvia was like oh you know i i get all muddled and you know I, it's difficult and you know donna was like well yeah so do i and but, you know, it was done in such a nice way and in such a realistic mm. way. And I think this is why the ending sort of made me wince a little bit because I think that was done so well and it was done so realistically and so human. And mm. then all of a sudden you've got like, oh, we need to incorporate that into the, the sci-fi element. And I sort of thought like, I don't think you yeah, really need I, it there. I think I don't think it was even that deep of like incorporating it into the sci-fi element. I I, I just think it was a clunky bit of dialogue. Yeah. And I, I just, I think, you know, it's like, not that you can't make that point anymore, no. but I think when, you, you know, you're having that resolution to then have that in there as part of it, as if it's part of the sci-fi narrative of it, like you say, actually. Yeah. yeah it's like, but that, but it, okay. But then how do, you know, Doctor Who fans brains work in that way where it's like, right. So let's write that down. So, so what, yes. what, what does that, what does that mean? Yeah. You know, and it's like, uh, um, well, this is it. But, is it like a casual audience member just go over their heads, but you know, for Doctor Who yeah. fans, we like to really compartmentalize and try and understand the logic of how these things work because yeah. we're all mad. Um, so that was why we were all, all three of us were sat there like, what? And we're like, we, we must rewind this back later on and, and listen to it properly. But, but then uh, actually afterwards, that whole thing about, you know, the Doctor is both man and woman yeah. and neither and more yeah. and all that sort of stuff. That was good. It, it, that was really lovely. And, and and that was sort of separate to that resolution. Yeah. And it felt like that was just another sort of flag in the ground, like yeah. um, with Russell when, when he came to do the rose uh novelization and had descriptions yeah. of all the different types of timeless doctors yeah. in there um it's just sort of another example of of yeah. that um being at the forefront of of his view of the program and, and obviously visually the program as well with certain set design choices that have been made with a certain new debuting set mm. um <laughs> the accessibility and um diversity is totally at the forefront of this era yeah. of the program yeah um uh, which well, is course, really you know, really we've, exciting we've got unit's new scientific advisor shirley and shirley yeah i mean who was great who, who had i think had the best line of dialogue about um you've got weapons in your wheelchair we all do yeah. i thought it was just magic yeah i love that i, I put in um, my notes i was like she's her wheelchair you know 
Q branch would have been very very proud of that one with the the rocket launchers and stuff. Um, yeah, well, true. Yeah, yeah. I was like, oh, I can I can see D- Desmond Llewellyn coming out and saying, "Ah, oh, then 007, look at this." <laughs> um, yes, yeah, she was great. She was really great, and I, I look forward to seeing more of her mm. um, and and more of Unit. We'll talk about Unit in a minute. Uh, the only thing I wanted to just say about the that that end scene, and I think he's right what you said that. It was trying to drop a lot of, make a lot of points, but they were all in close succession. So it all mm. felt clumped into the finale a bit too much. Um, I wasn't so sure about the gag about, oh, this is something a male presenting Time Lord wouldn't understand. And I think a lot of people on Twitter seem to react the same I way. Think, it was like, what? Uh, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, chat. And there's a, there's something in the chat I, w- I want to read out in a second. But cool. I think that was basically another way of saying blokes brains don't work like that or like men wouldn't understand yeah like i think it, you know because you get those jokes in the moffat era and you get oh, yeah. those jokes in the rtd era i think yeah. this is just uh with with the sort of lingo that we we would use now male presenting i think it was just but as as jam jam has said in the chat here yeah. Um, as a trans person, I did feel the same way, but how do you do it in a way that doesn't feel clunky? It's unfamiliar to society, so I think it's always going to be clunky. Yeah. And I think that's absolutely, absolutely bang on that these are all, in, it's not just in terms of Doctor Who, but I think in terms of most mainstream media that people are consuming, yeah. who wouldn't have come across terms like male presenting. No. Um, and even non-binary. I mean, that that's, yeah. you know, old hat to us and, and yeah. a lot of people yeah yeah, but, yeah um for a lot of people it isn't so i think i can understand totally where you're coming from jam jam yeah uh that yeah i i, I think our sort of comment on it is more the proximity to the techno babble yes and that it there wasn't there wasn't a sort of transition between yeah, the other, you know? if there, has it been a bit of a pause, just like a little bit of a, bit of a break scene, because it just sort of felt like all of these ideas were just sort of being clumped into one. Um, but I mean, mm. like you said, you know, it, it needed to wrap up the story. And I don't think that, you know, the, the resolution was was bad in any way. Um, I just thought, you know, it was just a, maybe not clumsy, but there was just, yeah, just, just a bit clunky, like we said. Um we should, before we, well, should we talk about Unit, seeing as we were just sort of discussing Unit? Yeah. Unit have a really big presence in this story. Um, not quite so sure on this, like, big macho, like, Robocop-esque armour <laughs> that they're now wearing. Um, but, obviously, a very different unit than the unit we had in the Chibnall era, where there basically was no unit for most of it. Um, but it seems like everybody knows. It seems like the secrets out there. Yeah. Unit is now an organization that I people mean, they've are got aware a of. Fucking massive skyscraper in the they middle got of Avengers Tower <laughs> in London. So yeah. Um, so that was really interesting. And the way that they um, weaved it into other elements of the story of like, Oh, Kate Stewart has supplied yeah. Wilf with the accommodation um, and all this kind He's of stuff. He's a Chelsea pensioner. Yeah. Uh, uh, Kate Stewart, if you're watching, I take back everything that I've said about you, but my grandma needs uh, some assisted (laughs) living at the moment. So, you know, if you want to give her a room next to Wilf, that'd be good. Oh, right. Yeah. Um, Yeah, so I I find that very interesting. And especially at the beginning, when you have the news reporter trying to give his report about what is happening at the Steelworks, and they pick him up and they, like, bundle him into the back of the van. Mm. So I wonder if there's going to be... 
is there going to be a more of a sinister yeah, edge to I unit? wondered that as well because when Shirley goes up to the doctor in the steelworks and she goes, "Oh, you're on our side," and he sort of looks at them and goes, yeah. no, "I don't know." I, I I wonder if yeah, there is something that's sort of gonna yeah, something emerge. skewed, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. Um, you know, because they can't be that big and have. Yeah. You know, be throwing their weight around like that and there not be teething issues with the way mm. that they're behaving and blah blah blah. And I'm sure the doctor's gonna have a lot to say about that. Yeah. Um I I, I liked Unit's presence. Yeah. You know, it, it was still nice that they might have, you know, massive assault rifles and they yeah. might be robocopped up, but they're still turning up in fucking nineteen seventies Land Rover Defenders. <laughs> um which I thought was really lovely. Yeah. Um I I'm interested to see how the unit stuff develops. Yeah. Um, I'm interested seem, to see it, where it's going to go. Yeah, it seems like it's going to be a big part of the new era. You know, we've already seen mm. that Mel is going to be involved in some way. We've already, we know Kate Stewart's back in several stories. Are we going to see anybody else in Wilf's nursing home, do you think? Well, who, yeah, who knows? Maybe. Is, is that what it is? Is that where all Doctor Who companions go? Yeah. <laughs> you know, you just... You know, there'll be a shot of you know crabbing along the corridor. David's going towards Wilf's room. Yeah, and you know, you see, I don't know, Bilal helping himself to a bedpan or something, tipping it out the window. Um, you know, we'll see something like that. I'm sure yeah. it'll be lovely to to catch up with some of the old old biddies. Um, yeah, so that I I loved all that. I thought I thought that was great, and I I think obviously the Wilf situation. If we just go go to him a moment. That was handled really well because I think we all expected him to be in this episode, but obviously he wasn't because we did see him filming some stuff in Camden. So I, maybe that's for episode three. Um, well, yeah, he was at the, was at the read people, through, wasn't he? But I think that read through is for was all, all three. three episodes. Yeah, I, I, I suspected that was the case, but. Uh, yeah, if stuff's been shot in Camden, it'd be interesting if that pops up in episode three because we we know the stuff that was shot in Bristol with um, uh, Bernard was also supposed to be set in Camden. Right, okay, yeah. So I guess that makes sense that, um, yeah, that's episode three, that we'll finally catch up with Wilf and see what's going on. Um, But I I also loved that he played into the ending with them deciding to go off and have a little trip. And it's, well, we're going to go and see Gramps. And, you know, that is such a classic, oh, we'll we'll only be gone like five minutes or whatever. And then the next thing you know, the doctor's turning up at their doorstep with, Donna and his arms blown to bits. Yeah. You know, it just feels like, I know that Russell has been quite heavy on Instagram sort of leading us into thinking Donna is done for. Yeah. But now we've got the meta crisis thing out of the way. Yeah. Um, And that does seem to be resolved, right? Because the, the, uh, the doctor says the meta crisis is still happening, but it's now just happening more slowly because it's split between the two of you. But right. then when Donna and Rose hold hands and they sort of expel yeah. All that regeneration energy. Is that it done? I guess so. Um, I think that yeah. was the other thing that was like, that seemed very easy, you know, after they made such a big deal of it for so many years that all it took was I liked a the explanation about it being transferred to, yeah. Oh, yeah, to so the did daughter, I. though. Like, yeah, that, yeah. Was, that was nice. But yeah. I agree, like, it, it did seem kind of classic. Uh, we'll, you know, we'll put some VFX over this and that'll explain what's happened. Yeah. You know. Um yeah, and and, and I, I also like with Wilf, going back to Wilf, just the way that they the way that they played it that you thought, oh, you know, Wilf's died, but obviously he hadn't. Yeah. And I think David, I mean, I'm going to be praising David a lot for so much of his emotional acting, but, you know, there were so many times in this story where, you know, even me with my stone-cold heart got choked up, you know, like <laughs> when David was sort of saying about, oh, I loved that man, 
And I was like, yeah, oh no, yeah. you know, because you know, you just protect Will for all costs because he's so so lovely. Um, yeah, so it, you know that was very good, uh, and I mean that whole um, sequence towards the end where you know he thought Donna sort of had it. Yeah, he was so good. He, he, he was brilliant, and Catherine Tate as well. We should talk about Catherine Tate. She was amazing. I mean, it was just like they. It was like no time had passed between now and two thousand nine. I agree, but there, but there was, I think, between the two of them, and we spoke about David a little bit earlier, a level of maturity, I think, they've gone up in their performances because yeah. these two characters are older, they're wiser, they've yeah. had more lived experiences. I think their lived experiences as, as real people has come into this. Yeah. I think Donna, as a mum, I was sort of like, oh, I don't know, let's see how they kind of carry this off as yeah. for her character. Yeah. But just was... was effortless and faultless and just works really yeah. beautifully and how much of a i think russell said how much of a lioness she is for mm. rose yeah was was great yeah um and i i think donna had probably my favorite lines in the whole thing like you know there's a bloody martian in the shed oh, brilliant. get off yeah. me you space, space rat. rat yeah um mad paddington <laughs> yes, you know mad all paddington. that stuff yeah. was just beautiful very good yeah um and, and and she hit all those marks. And I don't know if I go back to series four now, if I view her slightly differently, because Donna was never sort of uh, a character I held up particularly highly. Yeah, we, we were, yeah, both of us sort of we'd said that before, hadn't we? And now I think I I think you know I love Donna because yeah. Catherine was so good in this. Yeah, and I I want to see more of them and. I don't know if we want to talk about it now or if we want to talk about it at the end, but people were talking a lot on Twitter about foreshadowing right? in reference to a leak that came out not long ago. Now, I don't know the full extent of the leak because I, I, I've skim read it. I don't really understand it. Right. But I think... Oh, I'll probably have to leave it there, but... We, yeah. we'll, we'll talk about that afterwards. We'll talk about that privately. So it's not, so it's yeah. not to spoil it for people in case. It, I think I know the leak. I think, well, I think I know the, the Twitter post that you're talking about. Yeah. Um, I, I, I don't think that it's necessarily accurate, but I don't know. No. I, I'm not sh- sure for sure. Um, but we'll, yeah, we'll, 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 we'll park that just in case we don't want to spoil it for, for, for people. Um, but yeah, I mean, they were really good. I thought, um, the husband, uh, I forget his name. Um, he was great as well. I mean, Sylvia was brilliant, and I, I loved how her Sean. character, Sean. That's it. Well done. He was really great. That was a great moment when he walks in to see this tableau of chaos of yeah. you know the Doctor <laughs> Meep and everything going on, and then he's like, "Oh, that so it smells nice," you know. He's just like, "I, I can't, I can't deal with this. I'll just, I'll just focus on what's for dinner." Um, that it's was great. so nice to have a family dynamic. Yes. back in Doctor Who. Yeah, and done know, so and, well. And it because doesn't does feel his... like kitchen sink in the same way the Tylers did. It feels a bit more, it feels a bit warmer. Yeah. You know, and it yeah. and, and it feels, I mean, I, I think aesthetically it just sort of looks warmer anyway. And, it you know, yeah. it's it's using a slightly warmer kind of colour palette. Yeah. But uh, it was definitely nice to have like a full family unit hanging out uh a, a, a great comments just popped up here is tuna madras really a thing yeah. i was talking about this to stell all day yeah i'm gonna get us on a tuna madras in the week 
okay. Uh, if not, the week after, and I will let you know by the end of these specials if Atuna Madras is any good. So it's interesting you should say that because in Doctor Who magazine, when uh, I think Benjamin Cook was on set while they were filming that, they actually were cooking tuna madras because Beautiful. of the because of their now humongous budget. They didn't need to fake it. They were just like, yeah, let's just make tuna madras. And they were everyone was saying it's like, well, oh, this smells nice. Uh, and and Hellsworth has just put it uh, in the chat. Rusty Davies said it was a family dish of his, ah. but maybe, but he may have made it up. He's not hundred percent sure. So yeah. That, Do you want to know uh, what they were listening to while they were cooking their tuna madras? What were they listening to, Billy? They were listening to, if I can find it <clears throat> on my notes, uh, a deeper uh, shade of blue by Steps. Okay. Um, so you know. Uh, kind of a Doctor Who reference. Kind like of a Doctor Russell's Hilly. going through his playlist and going blue, 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 blue. Oh, steps. Yeah. There you go. At least it wasn't blue, double D, double die. That would be a bit odd. Yeah. Um, or Doctor Doctor. <laughs> or Doctor Doctor or Doctor in Distress. Can I talk about something I fucking hated in this episode? Yes. Go on. That fucking sonic screwdriver can do fucking anything these days. I gotta say. I really liked the the shields because okay. I was going to mention it when you talked about unit yeah. and the fact that they're all sort of like you know robocopped up yeah and then the use of the sonic yeah and even like Shirley's tablet yeah it's like Doctor Who has gone for actually um, and then you look back and you think about the last couple of years there hasn't been a lot of sort of gadgety no. techno advanced sort of stuff like in the 70s doctor who was always supposed to be placed what like five six years ahead of whenever yeah. it went out yeah and they would take the doors off of a couple of section 500s and put a little motorized across yeah. you know to act like it was electric <laughs> yeah um but actually i think doctor who is kind of stalled yes in that in that department and so I think this is just the death knell for the Sonic as anything other than what I want it to be, which is just open fucking doors with it. And if you have to resonate concrete, then go for it. Okay. Um, but I just thought it just, it just sort of wound me up the first time I saw it. Second time it wasn't so bad because I was ready for it. And I thought this is going to sell like hotcakes for kids. Yeah. A Sonic screwdriver that can do that. Like how many great toys and action figure sets can you yeah make where you know it's the doctor with the shields, shields and <laughs> you know all that kind of stuff i get I i'm getting think, like images of like old batman figures where they'd like put him in ridiculous colors and it'd be like attack shield batman he's gonna be like <laughs> attack shield 14th doctor and he's in like neon green but with a <laughs> with a shield i can see it i can also see russell great idea putting him in that um what was it the the judge's wig yes, because nice. that is a fucking character online exclusive if i've it ever is, seen one yeah there we go i'll so uh, um i mean yeah I, that was great nice little stones of blood reference we all went way yeah. tom hey. um so that was great uh yeah i i know i'm seeing a few people in here have sort of said you know i can't believe matt liked that with the sonic I just thought it was really cool. And I, what I loved was that all the noises were the noises on the toy. And on I was the like, toy. Now that's yeah. really neat. I was like, wow, um, they really did a good job of that cohesion between the, the licensee and the, you know, the toy manufacturer. I will also say, why well, it's because Russell's back. You know, yeah. it's just like, everything's just seamless and, yeah. and works. Where's um, my beat the meat plushie? That's what I want to know. <laughs> it will come, uh, you know, text Al now and see what he says. Yeah. And we'll report back by the end of the episode. Um, I 
also want to say with the Sonic and the resonating concrete bit, yeah. I don't want anyone telling me that the, the fucking Chibnall era is the only era with shit ADR because right. I can resonate concrete. And then he starts doing it. And then Sean's line ADR'd, well, it's mortar because I'm sure that yeah. they look back at it and went, technically that's mortar and people are going to get pissed off about that. All right, Bob the Builder. Yeah. And they put that in. It was chiseled in there with a bloody sledgehammer. So I yeah. don't want anyone telling me that the Whitaker era is the only era that shit ADR. <laughs> uh, t- talking about, uh, you know, resonating mortar, a uh, couple, of, couple of plot points I want to just briefly gloss over before we get into talking about the star of the episode, mm. which was, of course, the Meep. Um, the Meep. Uh, so Donna gets all this money, right? And so, like, you know, well, we're going to give it all away, but... We're going to, you know, we'll buy a house, but we'll give the rest of it mm. away. They had all that money and they couldn't buy a detached house. Come on. <laughs> they, was, was it not that they bought the house that they were living in at the time? Oh, was it? Because I think, I think Sean was like, we bought the house rather than oh. buying a house. Oh, so I, I see. I, I, but can't afford to run it. I think it was the house they may have been renting or maybe paying off the mortgage on or something. Oh, okay. Fair enough. That, that makes more sense. Um, but I mean, if they're having that much trouble, sell the bloody house, go on. Well, there's that as well. And also, <laughs> don't get a fucking job, bro. Come on, yeah. like, start temping back in Chiswick. Like, you know. Yeah, but she keeps getting the sack. I think that was one of the plot points was that she got, she just got the sack again. She just because, got the sack from that job, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah so so that was that. So let, let's let's move on to the, yeah, the star of the episode, which was the meep. Uh, no longer beep the meep. Which I well, thought was interesting. I, I, I wonder what, what... I I I am the beep of the. Uh, there is definitely a beep me- reference. Is there a beep in there? In there? Oh, after I after think there is. It. I am the, I am the beep of the meeps. Something like that. I am yeah. the most beep of the meeps. Something. There was some line of dialogue like that. Um, I mean, we all knew that the heel turn was coming. Uh, yeah. And when it did, you know, let let's. Uh, Miriam Margulies was obviously fantastic. Yeah, and was obvious. I can't think of anyone else no. who could have done it. Uh, yeah. oh, uh, young Codger has said, uh, no, Beep says, I am the Beep of all the Meeps uh, when the they go the up meeps. in the rocket. Um, I I thought that, you know, who else is ever going to play that part yeah. again? Uh, just perfect. And yeah. I want Beep back. I want yes. Beep in Torchwood fucking eviscerating <laughs> people. Please, um, I would love that. Uh, although you know, a second with the Torchwood crew, and they just you know run in all guns blazing and just yeah. turn it into pink pink mist. Um, run it over with I, their uh, transit van, <laughs> whatever it's their big jeep with the unit jeep. Yeah, uh, with the Torchwood jeep. Uh, yeah, I uh, I loved Miriam's performance. I you know I can't say that enough. Yeah, she's but brilliant. That turn. With the with, where the where the VFX change and also realizing how much of it was fucking pressed off uh, that that was just a model. Practical, I know it is uh, insane. We were watching the Unleashed and seeing the bits where we thought it was CGI and it was a puppet. You know, um, Annie's brother watched it on Disney Plus in Brazil and he thought it was all CGI and Annie would had to film it and say, "Look, no, it it was a puppet. Look at this." I, love I mean. It. That was our first, one of our first <clears throat> things when we saw this episode right from the off was just like, wow, the money. You know, I know Russell I know. keeps sort of saying, oh, you know, we've got a little bit more money. You know, it's not massive. That is a lot of money compared to what we've been well, seeing. Well, I'm seeing people say that 
th- an entire series Back when in- he was running the show yes. previously was the budget for that one episode that we just watched. And it looks like it. Yeah. And like when they, when they showed the fact they built, you know, the Noble's They built the house, rocket and they built the Noble's and house. And they built the rocket. They yeah, built the they, rocket. they built the legs of the rocket. Yeah. Fucking bonkers. And then obviously you've got this fantastic creature, you know, that, mm. that was like Star Wars, you know, level prosthetics and puppeteering and watching the Unleashed and seeing how they brought it to life phenomenal i mean hats off to all of the people not only involved in the creation of it but the puppeteering of it because it was such a full-blooded character on screen um yeah because and i think because you know it was it was it was there it was Mm. alive uh, um for for people to react with um yeah just just amazing just wow (sighs) You know, when you com- you compare that to like the Sea Devils in Legend of the Sea Devils, you know, we loved mm. the Sea Devils in Legend of the Sea Devils because they looked like the old Sea Devils. But yeah. to see the amount of, I mean, I know that that was a very troubled production and they didn't have long to, you know, they couldn't do animatronics and all that sort of stuff. But it's, wow, it's like chalk and cheese, you know, the, mm. the, the level of realism. Um, yeah, just phenomenal i absolutely loved the meep and like you said i'm so glad that they didn't kill off the character they Mm. kept them alive so that hopefully they'll return in the future um but it's interesting what you said about you know the heel turn because like you know we all knew that was coming if you you know if you know the story but what uh what i thought when we were watching it up until that point, I was like, oh, this is a great episode to show my nephews. I think they'll love mm. this because the Meep mm. is such a fun, cuddly character. They're going to love this. As soon as the Meep turns bad and it has that horrible demonic face, Snow. I was like, shit, I think my my nephews might be a bit scared if they but see I, this. But I, I still think that there's a levity to it with Miriam's performance because yeah. like, there is still a comic... like. I, it probably doesn't help that it's an adaptation, but I don't think anyone watching this for a second thinks that, you know, the Meep's going to get um, away with this at the end. Yeah. It's like almost so ridiculous, the change from, you know, poor little Meep with its hands and stuff. <laughs> yeah. So just this <laughs> fucking thing, you know, you just think... <laughs> you sounded like, like Crack Fox from uh, <laughs> Mighty Boosh. You can't do more of them. Crack! Yeah. Uh, I... <laughs> um... That was I did Towley then. Sorry, that was that was supposed to be Crackfox. Um, yeah, like I think it's a great episode to show. And I was thinking this because I, I I was hanging out with uh, some a five year old in yeah I was hanging out with a five year old in Australia. Don't know where the parents were. Um, and uh, and I was I was talking to the dad and I was like, look, Doctor Who's about to come on and it's going to be on Disney Plus in Australia. And I think. You know, I, I was four when I got into Doctor Who. I think he'll love it. And I, you know, he loves dinosaurs. I don't, I mean, this is probably would be the scariest thing he's watched, but, you know, he's made it through Lion King. He'll be fine. Yeah. You know, I, I reckon they'd be all right with, with Meep. Like, yeah, there's still that levity in the character that even when they turn nasty and snarly. Yeah. It's still funny. It's still daft, you know? I hope you get a text saying, thanks a lot, mate. You've, uh, my kid's traumatised from watching that. <laughs> so, uh, traumatised for life. Yeah. Um, let's, uh, what else? I mean, we've talked about the Meep well, as just being superb. 
Beep was amazing. The Roth Warriors, again, a fantastic practical monster. Yeah. Designed in... I mean, obviously, it's a great design in the original comics. Um, but I loved the... And I think we talked about this before. I love how they felt kind of clunky and they felt like the prosthetics were very uncomfortable and restrictive. Yeah. And it was like, wow, that is such a Doctor Who monster. You know, it looked, it like, a, it looked like a man in a suit. And like when they and, spoke... And the- the, yeah. the, the mouths moving. I, I assumed that was added on afterwards, but then to see them talking yeah. in the behind the scenes, and there's and a lovely it, bit where one one of them is, you know, talking in a very clipped manner, you know, yeah. um, so I've got my eyes here and <laughs> uh, and he's the same, and it pans over and yeah. the other warrior sat there and just goes, hello, yeah, <laughs> puts, his, right. puts his claw up. It was lovely. Really um, good. I want to say congratulations to King of the Monsters, Paul Casey, yes. for upgrading from uh, third Cyberman on the left to now the creature choreographer on I Doctor know. Who. That was which so is cool. fabulous to see. Yeah, what a, that's great. Fair play to him. Um, it was nice seeing him and Danny Hargreaves. You know, yeah. it's like that was almost as much of a nostalgia hit yeah having david and Catherine back yeah it was it was lovely having all that behind the scenes stuff back and i think it had been enough time since we had another series because i do remember sort of watching the series six stuff i i sort of stopped really watching confidential by that point because it felt like we've seen a lot of this before you know we know how green screen works we know how wire works stuff works Mm. now and it, it felt more like well let's just follow matt and karen around asking about and, you know, at that point, that wasn't really what I was there for. So I think now that now it's been, you know, 10 years later and technology has evolved so much in that short amount of space, it's cool to see all that stuff again anew. Absolutely. I mean, crikey, you know, just seeing the behind the scenes for how they made the Meep and how they made the Wrath Warriors, just absolutely bonkers. Um, and I loved with the Wrath Warriors, you know, they had the, the illuminated eyes. And then when they got mm. killed... You know, the eyes went, went dark. Yeah, it was great. Just just little details like that. Um, and obviously the action sequence was incredible with the unit troops in the street where they're blowing everything up. That was brilliant. And obviously when they're blowing up the house, fantastically directed by Rachel Talele. Yeah. I mean, God, she's so good. You know, I, I hope she comes back to do more. And I mean, I and, think she should be a mainstay. I think she should be like yeah. Graham Harper. Like, yeah, every or time Dougie you Canfield, need, like, you know. Big, Exactly, a big uh, episode to kick a season off or to yeah. close one off or, you know, something with a bit of uh, an injection of energy in the middle of a season. At any point, just fucking yeah. bring Rachel Zalaley back. Yeah, and it was and, and it was revealed in the most recent DWM that um, she had just been undergoing chemotherapy. Um, Jeez. Yeah, and she sort of said when she got the interview for the, for the job, um, you know, she, she said she had to wear a wig and stuff. She didn't want them to know mm. that she'd, she's been ill um and now now she's in remission i think um fabulous yeah and she sort of said you know it was getting the job on doctor who she was like it sort of kept her going and it gave her the strength to like no i i you know i'm gonna i'm gonna do this absolutely Mm. amazing what an incredible woman to you know because she lives in canada i think so you Mm. know to undergo all that and then come all the way over to the uk and do this huge shoot I mean, bloody hell, hats off to her. She, what an amazing woman. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And I mean, just really, really lovely direction. The the whole action sequence was amazing. When the Roth Warriors started flying, we were like, whoa, you know, know. we had a little cheer. That was so clever. I thought of you. I thought of you when that happened because your whole thing, you know, all the way through the, the, the Chibnall and Whittaker era was like, 
there aren't enough monsters. Yes. And or like as a result, things you can't make toys of. Yes. And I, I immediately thought that Wrath Warriors with flying action or whatever, yeah, you know, like you know, that is they it, sell themselves. Know, exactly. That's it. You know, you have your standard one, you have the one with the wings, you know, it's one sculpt, you just swap the bits out the back. Um, yeah, I mean, it, obviously a lot of thought has gone into that. Uh, of, Clearly. You know, how can we, how can we market this? You know, how can we get kids wanting toys? Um, bugger the kids. I want them. I want my Roth Warriors. I want, I want a Roth, my, yeah. a, a Roth Warrior toy. Yeah. yeah. And, a, and a beat the meat um, plushie that goes, and a beat the meat plushie uh, that goes, yeah. and I also want a playset of that fucking gorgeous TARDIS interior. Well, I'm sorry, Billy, but that's probably going to be about a thousand pounds because of how bloody big it is. Kickstarter. It is there we go. Ginormous. Yeah. Do a, do a Kickstarter. Do a Haslabs type thing. Put me um, down for the one with the color changing LEDs. Yes. Man, I did see an interesting tweet from somebody who said it looks very empty and very sort of cavernous. Yeah. And I agree with that, but I, I, do, I, I yeah. don't think it's going to stay like that for long. Because, no. you know, we know at least that it, it gets a form of a music playing device yeah. in there. Yeah. I'm sure there will be at least a hat stand. I mean, with the amount yeah. of outfits that the 15th that- Doctor's wearing, there's probably going to be a fucking, <laughs> you know, one of, the, one of those... A rail. Uh, yeah, a rail of like, That they have on, like, tours where, like, all of Taylor yeah. Swift's outfits get pushed into her dressing room. There'll be one of those, like the yeah. cat. Yeah. Um, yeah, that was my one complaint when we looked at it. I was like, oh, I haven't got one of these. I haven't got one of these coat stands. You know, that's, that's the... It needs to be in there. You've got to have the coat stand. Uh, but it was... It was like someone had taken the late 80s TARDIS, like the, yeah. the late Davison into McCoy TARDIS, and had just gone, boom, you know, let's just throw all the money in there. Because the the, the rotor, or the, the central column, you know, yeah. that, that middle bit is very much like uh, a modernised version of the, the 80s one. Um, yeah, just a stunning TARDIS. Uh, you know, proper roundels, which, you know... We, we've been wanting forever because we all like the round things. Um, you know, Russell T Davies, I think, said on the podcast, someone clipped it. He said that the reason why the TARDIS looks like that is because he loved the Clara TARDIS and the Fugitive Doctor TARDIS uh. in more recent years. He said, I liked that sort of gleaming white look. Of course, it's it's classic. There's a reason it why these beautiful. things la- have lasted the test of time. So yeah, but what a stunning, stunning TARDIS! And like with all the lights going on, and you know, real good buttons and stuff. You know, although the console Proper is Proper buttons, yeah. Although it's like cobbled together, it's cobbled together in like a cohesive way. It doesn't feel yes. like someone's just chucked a load of old tat on it. You know, it just it yeah, really, really works. Uh, yeah, beautiful. I I. Someone said, you know, is this the best console um, since 1963? Someone tweeted that at me. I forget your name because I haven't got Twitter up. Um, and I said, oh, maybe. But someone did show a picture of the Peter Capaldi one. And I do love that Capaldi one. I've got, I got to say. And I think we've got an emotional connection with that one because we were there. So we were there, yeah. Uh, until the BBC invite us to this new one. <laughs> wink, wink. <laughs> it's not um, our favourite. It's not our favourite. Um, <laughs> I loved it. I thought it was yeah. beautiful. I, I I don't know if this is the case, but it almost felt like that was David's first genuine reaction to seeing the set. Yeah. The you know he and and great idea having him run around, run laps around it. Yeah, I think that was David's idea. I think from yeah. DWM. I think he said, "Oh, I'm going to run around it 
super excited. I, I think, think Richard Chalele said, "Great idea." He slightly regretted it after like the fifth take when he was like, "I'm sure." <laughs> I'm in my fifties. So I forgot about this. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> also, oh, speaking on that, another beautiful piece of dialogue. Um, you can get away with wearing skinny suits yeah. until 35 and no further was yeah. fabulous. Great. Um, I, I think it's, I think it's my favorite TARDIS interior of the new series. Yeah. I think it is just gorgeous. Um, yeah, it's superb. It's the part of my, you know, again, classic fan purist brain does kind of go, it doesn't need a fucking coffee machine in the console. You know, it's like yeah, having yeah. the bloody jammy dodger dispenser. But yeah. then at the same time, I'm sure that's going to be used for a lot more than just, you know, making coffee. Yeah. Um, and it's just, you know, a funny little gag, maybe hot chocolate, maybe a little, <laughs> yeah. maybe a little cup of choo choo. Um, um, I, I, I watched um, the other day, and obviously um, an adventure in space and time was on telly the other day. Mm. And I watched a bit over lunch because I wanted to see, I didn't watch it when it went out live. I wanted to see how they dealt with cutting the unearthly child sequences. Yes. And there was a moment where William Hartnell sees the console room for the first time. And, you know, everyone's fawning over how wonderful it looks. And he turns around and says, oh, too bloody big. It takes up half the studio. And that was my first thought when they <laughs> showed the new console room. I was like, somewhere William Hartnell was going, it's too bloody big. It's taking up all studio. Um, he's complaining about a lot more than that uh, yeah, to do with the new series of Doctor <laughs> Who um, yeah I thought it was beautiful I thought it was fabulous I loved just seeing a sliver of it through the door yes because uh, I actually went to Stell like oh, oh, oh you can see a bit of it and yeah. it's funny because you know it goes to show leaks are obviously annoying and in many respects can be detrimental to a production and also it's really humiliating and you know, t- t- to have your work put out there when it's not shown in its best light. If it's a a shaky iPhone picture taken at the side of a set, yeah. or somebody snapping photos of a uh, a rough, you know, CAD design of what it's supposed to look like or whatever. Yeah. Um, but regardless, seeing because we obviously we hadn't seen it in its full beauty, yeah, seeing it as it's supposed to be seen for the first time, and just being able to see just a crack through the door of what is about to get revealed to us was enough for me to sort of be like, leaks don't really matter when it comes yeah. to stuff like that, because I, I'm still just as <gasps> yeah, awed and wowed by it, seeing it, you know? Exactly. Yeah. Nothing compares to seeing it properly. Um, yeah. Uh, it's stunning. And I, I loved the idea that it had changed whilst the doctor was out on this mm. adventure. Why has it changed? You know, I wonder if that's going to be a plot point, um, you know, because obviously the, well, the, the, the mystery yeah. of the doctor's face you know, is looming over this. So uh, that is story. clearly the thread for this series. That yeah. is the the story. Is why this face? Why has yeah. it come back? Donna suggests it's to say goodbye. Yeah. Um. Maybe it's you know a kind of curatory. You know, visiting vis- revisiting a couple of the old favourites sort of thing. Yeah. Uh. Or maybe you know there's something slightly bigger at play. Um. I think you know you, you've said from the start that you think it's the toy maker. Yeah, that has a hand in the Doctor looking this way. Yeah. So it'll be interesting to see how far back that goes mm. in the story yeah. with when the toy maker made that happen. Yeah. Now, um, last last episode we did our predictions, and I said, "Oh, I wonder if we'll get a, a flashback to Hartnell mm. and the toy maker." Now, at the end of the Daleks in color, there were all these sequences uh, from yes. other stories. 
But in particular, there was bits from the Celestial Toymaker and they played Neil Patrick Harris laughing over the top and this oh, regeneration I sound. Ah. Yeah. And I thought this they, this scene in particular looks very crisp mm. compared to some of the other colour sequences in that montage. Right. I thought, I wonder if that's been colourised and they're going to incorporate it into yeah. the, the episode. I did notice that it seemed to be the longest segment of any of those clips they showed, and obviously yeah. it had dialogue. Yeah. Um. So yeah, and I, I, I thought that was interesting as well. I didn't notice the laughter and yeah, so, just yeah. very quietly. There's a bit of regeneration noise, and then you can hear mm. him going ah 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 ah. Very interesting. Yeah, um, exciting. And, oh, and we had another another little. Uh, Oh, wonder what that means. With the meep, when the meep gets taken away, they turn around and say, oh, you know, wait until the boss hears about this or whatever the line is. And so Dave, David has said yeah. in the InVision commentary, he said, that is something that will come back in Shooty's era. And even he doesn't know what that's no. all about. So that's great. So I'm looking forward to finding so out the, what that is. the boss, the mm. boss. So somebody compiling a load of Doctor Who villains yeah. together to try and take the Doctor out. Or there was a whole thing about uh, a creature with two hearts is quite rare. Yeah. And the Meep, there was a thing made about the Meep having two hearts. That's right. Yeah, the, the Meep story. had two hearts, yeah. So, you know, what's the date? 26th of November, 2024, 2023, excuse me. Um, I'm going to say it's the Rani. Ooh, Interesting. I'm going to say that the Rani is collecting creatures with two hearts as part of her menagerie. Oh, is she sticking them behind round doors again? In her I, hope so. <laughs> I hope so. I feel Good sorry for... for the dimensions in time commentary currently available. <laughs> dot com forward slash the review of death. If her, if her, if her console room is just the same as the doctors, I feel very with sorry for the poor. Yeah. I feel very sorry for the poor <laughs> bugger. Who's got to put all those round doors in. He'd be like, Oh God. How am I going to get this one up here? For feck's sake, get the it's ladder right. out. <laughs> all the ones on the roof are like the Crinitane and the, and the yeah. Reapers and all the flying ones. Yeah, and all the fly, ones fly yourself up there, go on. The, the Meep is, is, is on the ground level. Yeah, perfect. You know. Perfect. Um, shall we turn to Twitter and just have a yes, look at let's see what, what a people couple of people say. have said uh, yeah. about this story? So thanks very much to everybody who uh, sent in their thoughts and feelings on yeah. Doctor Who and the star beast um if i can find it here uh oscar groucho says a glorious madcap adventure hiding a quiet meditation on how we define ourselves and the way fate can turn us into our better selves despite what kerbals are thrown our way my late father would have adored it witty and full of heart wearing its two hearts on its sleeve uh bradley edward charles says it was all right maybe i'll enjoy it more on a rewatch but i found the ending a little tricky it was classic rtd a deus ex machina resolution that is highly convenient plus the pace didn't slow down at all it was scene after scene with no room to breathe i think what you were saying earlier about there being a couple of scenes without music yeah i think sometimes that's all it needs because after the sort of mad rush of, oh, we're in this story and suddenly things are happening and da 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 to yeah. then have the Doctor and Sean have a debrief in the taxi with no music yeah. was enough for me to sort of catch my breath and go, right, I'm ready yeah. for more. And also that um, scene with the Doctor and Shirley, you know, that quiet mm. little conversation that they had. I think pacing-wise, yeah, later on, I think once the Meep gets into the Noble's house, it is like, right, 
almost like Sean putting his foot down on the accelerator of that taxi and it's just like, boom, yeah, we're off. right. I think it's there you don't quite get the, the pauses for breath. But it didn't bother me, I gotta say. I I I I thought pacing wise it was fine, other than like what we've said about the ending was a bit a bit bit quick. Yes, I agree. I agree. Uh, Orlando Hallthorpe says, loved it. Watch it with my two trans siblings. And it was absolutely joyous. This is why representation matters. Fabulous. Um, uh, Elliot Dyson absolutely loved it. Thumbs up all the way. The Sonic Screwdriver Shield seemed a little bit overpowered, but I'm sure Russell and the other writers will be more than capable in making sure it stays balanced. A very emotional ride with many ups and downs and a few laughs too. I did see somebody in the chat earlier yeah. say that maybe this is Russell making the Sonic really overpowered so that Shooty doesn't get one. Well, but maybe. Then... But we know next week that <clears throat> Sonic Screwdriver, I don't think the Doctor's got the Sonic. I think he's on his own because right. we've seen that image with the Sonic Screwdriver in the lock of the TARDIS. Ah, and then yes. the TARDIS goes. So does it take the Sonic Screwdriver with it him? Must do. It. Interesting. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Louis uh, Morehouse says really enjoyed it even if I did have to wait until after the live broadcast to watch it with audio description really good episode some lovely 14 Doctor moments love the meep not understanding toys what's not to love there oh you pulled his tummy out (laughs) that was was fabulous Uh, but still not really keen on the new theme tune Okay, fair enough Uh, I think it probably will be a grower for some people I get the kind of overly whimsy aspects of it might be a bit grating to some people okay. and i think they were for us initially when we were yes. sort of oh yeah hearing the orchestral version but yeah. i don't think that that orchestra were were really locked in at all that night no i think there was a little bit of under rehearsing to blame for how yeah. some of those tunes came across and, and, and it wasn't you know it wasn't the welsh national orchestra it wasn't the people mm. that play it for the tv series yes. so this is probably you know like you said they haven't they probably didn't have an awful lot of time with the material. Um, and obviously it's, to try and do something like that live where there's so much synth and stuff as well, mm. you know, it's, it's, you know, it's bad enough, you know, just I imagine trying to conduct an orchestra and get them to stay together, let alone then suddenly having some buggers on like Max and stuff saying, well, hang on a minute, I've got to sync up, press and play and all this weird yeah. stuff that they have to do. So I can imagine that it's not easy. And up in the rafters with a microphone going, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, Who's that wanking? Flyer <laughs> says, <laughs> says symphonic, silly, clever, joyous and wonderful nods to the past, energy of the present, hints of the future and every note superb, exactly what an anniversary should be. Um... Prison boss, if we want to get uh, granular, I'd say I fully enjoyed five sixths of it. Wow. This is a proper Doctor Who fan (laughs) (laughs) commenting here. Uh, The resolution to Donna's head bomb gave some Moffaty flashbacks, but let's face it, it was fantastic. Visually stunning, emotional, and grounded in reality like all Doctor Who should be. And that is a perfect way of putting it. In the face of everything that slightly wound me up, I just have to say, let's face it, it was great. Yeah. Like regardless of all those things, oh, yeah. it was fantastic. Oh yeah, I mean um, it was it was brilliant because you know sometimes, especially watching Doctor Who with Jonathan, there's a moment of trepidation because I always look worried that I'm going to look over to his side of the room and he's going to be a bit stony faced. He's going to he have was, a cloud over his head. Yeah, and he was smiling throughout the whole thing. Oh, yeah. excellent! And he was buzzing. I was buzzing. It was. I haven't felt this happy about watching new doctor who 
in years. I mean, compare comparing last night's situation to when all three of us watched The Power of the Doctor. Power of the Doctor. Um, I mean, my my mum fell asleep when watching Power of the Doctor. I don't think she fell asleep last night. She watched it on her own um, at her house, and she texted my brother, uh, and I think she enjoyed it. I don't know if she completely understood what was going on, but that's mum watching Doctor Who in a nutshell, really. Um, but she did like she liked the meat. She said, "Oh, the meat was cute." There we go. That's all we want to know. Yeah. Uh, Dalek Tam says, can't say I was a massive fan. Wanted more Wrath Warriors and more Beep Mayhem, but they skipped a lot of that to focus on reintroducing the Temple Noble family, which I understand, but it felt uneven and the monsters came second. Also, the sound mixing was gash. I I think that's something that a lot of people are noticing is that the sound Mm. was a bit cocked up, which is interesting. Um... Viking Schism says, um, going to have to go middle. I enjoyed it mostly, but the resolutions to stuff like Donna's memories felt pretty weak. Also didn't like the Sonic being able to make a force field out of nowhere. Other abilities were okay. Beep the Meep was a highlight as expected. Um, Ivy says, in the middle, I think it was a fun standalone story with some gold moments, but it feels like it has some missing pieces that I think will all click together once we see the other two. But beyond that, it, all seems overwhelmingly positive from folks. Good. Really seem to enjoy it. You know, all the grievances aside, it just seems like everybody's going, it was it was bloody marvellous, whatever we might think of it, you know. Um, Fantastic. It's false. You know, people seem to really, really love it. Yeah. Well, I don't know if there's really anything else that we need to add because we uh no i mean do you want to talk a little bit about next week because there was a clip in, oh yes of uh, course yeah there was doctor who uh unleashed yeah which showed us and there was a next time uh, trailer on youtube did you see that yes Good. i did because I, yeah. I was expecting oh next time trailer next time trailer but i guess the way yeah. that it's sort of presented on disney plus is like well you know it's sort of pointless having a next time trailer when it's just going to be on streaming kind of permanently in that space yeah. you know yeah. kind of makes more sense to have it for like a I don't know like a usual sort of televisual broadcast sort of yeah. thing I, um, b- before we go on I've got to say Macra has very kindly donated £10 bloody hell and has said a fantastic pod as usual love the live format hope it stays for shooty series there we go. Well, that's, that's, that's... you may think that, but I couldn't possibly <laughs> comment. It all depends um, on where, what time Billy's got to get up in the morning. That's Yeah, exactly. So <laughs> I don't think we're going to be able to do this next Sunday, but we yeah. will endeavour to get it out as quickly as possible. Yeah. Uh, but thank you very much, Macro. That is incredibly generous of you. Um, yeah, I thought it was interesting showing that clip from Wild Blue Yonder with a set that we haven't actually seen before. Yeah. Uh, like an entirely different set. Yeah. Um, uh, I don't know. I don't know if we've maybe overegged that story slightly. I mean, we we said in the lead up to it, well, we don't know anything about it. We know more about the stories either side. Yeah. But then maybe that's just because it's studio bound in terms of like stuff to show like visual flair and like, mm. whoa, look at where we are. Yeah. Maybe there's less of that to show off. Yeah. Um, but I don't know. How, how do you feel about it now? Are you still on the sort of same wavelength that it's going to be kind of something mad is going to happen yeah i think it might be quite good i watched the next time trailer only saw it this morning actually before we recorded this and uh you know again keeping everything very close to its chest uh Mm. you know it seems very 
sort of arc in space that they're just the mm. only ones there and it feels very isolated and you know lots of long empty corridors and then right at the end you know there's that bit where donna says like what are they and then it cuts off and you're like oh yeah what are they we're going to see some cool monster um uh, lee smith has just put in the chat you know rusty davies says it's darker so yeah hopefully hopefully it's going to be something scary um because I, although i you know this one wasn't scary but it was i think it was thrilling and i think the meep could have been scary for some kids because i certainly yeah. think my nephews would probably go Ugh. um so yeah um i i'm still looking forward to it and i think from the clip that we saw on doctor who unleashed you know the doctor being very doctory you know and doing mm. the stuff that we like to see the doctor doing the investi- investigative stuff you know and you know licking the the whatever that stuff was, you know, to, to see what it's you yeah, know, it was compo- odd, compo- it? composed of and all that kind of stuff, you know. Um, yeah, uh, I, I'm I'm looking forward to it. Uh, so Macaulay's just put tenth slash fourteenth Doctor still licking stuff. Oh there yes, go. oh yes, <laughs> uh, yeah. So I, I'm I'm still excited for it because it is the one that is shrouded in mystery. And, mm. uh, you know, that bit with the coffee at the end of this story was like Chekhov's coffee, wasn't it, really? When it was like, it was you, know, you you knew she was going to, that coffee was going straight in the TARDIS console. I and loved, you knew I that they were going to go off to that God knows where. From Catherine Tate and the yeah. timing of that explosion was just comic gold. I love that. So good. Um, that was really, really funny. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, so let's see what the wild blue yonder has in store for us. Mm. Uh Next week, I'm very excited. Um, yes. I'm really, really buzzing with Doctor Who coming off the back of um, yeah. last night or, or this totally. morning. Um, it was it was exactly the shot in the arm that I expected it to be, and yeah. it, and then it over delivered on the scale and the spectacle and the spectacle. Oh, and, definitely, yeah. And the performances of David and Catherine, and obviously yeah. everybody else who was in it as well. I thought Yasmin yeah. Finney was fantastic, and and her dynamic with Catherine Tate on screen was brilliant. Yeah. Um it just is it, it, yeah, it was fabulous. And I I think that the finale in particular I think is going to be really special this year. Yeah. Um I just feel like it's just going to pay off beautifully in that last episode. Yeah. Um so we've got the mystery of what's to come next week still looming. <laughs> yeah. So um fantastic. Yeah, we'll we'll come to that. Lovely we, stuff. We well, in that case, uh I think this is probably a good time to to Call it there. You've got to go um, off and see Nicola Bryant. I got to go off. I got to go to Western and see Nicola Bryant. Um, one thing that we should say, like you already mentioned, next week we need to try and work out between the two of us when exactly we're going to record or how we're going to do it. So yeah. it might not be in this format as it is today, mm-hmm. um, but just keep your eyes on socials. Just keep checking Twitter and Instagram and all those places where we post stuff. Or if you're a patron, you know, check the discord cause we'll chuck it in there as well. Um, yeah. yeah. And, uh, just find out what we're talking about next week. But like you said, this is a, a great start to the new era of doctor who, uh, really, really buzzing to, to be a fan again. Um, yeah. Fantastic stuff. So thank you all for joining us this morning. Uh, it's been lovely you. having you all here and seeing you all in the chat and getting to interact with you. Um, Bradley Willard says, it's the Wirin calling it. I would love the Wirin to come back. Ooh. Can you imagine how good they would look in the new Watch series? Out. Yeah. That'd be fantastic. Wow, that'd be really spooky because they could do some really scary stuff with them. Um, yeah, so there we go. See you next time for The Wild Blue Yonder. Enjoy next week's episode uh, and we'll see you all then. Thanks for joining us. Bye.
拜拜，拜拜。